You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter, Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 433rd episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim bringing all the energy because the little guy Matt Allen is a little low-key tonight. Hey, this is Matt. I, I am a little low-key. I'm a little sick. So Tim has right. sucked the life force out of me, I guess. I guess that's why I'm sick. I thought it was from my kid, but... Nice yeah. to hear from you, little guy. Let's swing it on over from our man in the New England area, Spencer. Uh, yeah, hi Tim. Uh, this is Spencer over in the New England area. Um, I am going to try to bring a medium level of energy this evening. I'm going to try to, you know, thread the needle uh, between <laughs> your high energy and Tim and and little guy's low energy this evening. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm going to try to come with um, facts and uh, knowledge and uh, really kind of rein both of you in to really create a nice symbiosis here on this podcast uh, this week. That's my plan. Great. Great, great. Totally understood. Let's get to the big race in this week. Of course, we're talking about Paris-Roubaix, where Allison Jackson, little-known American rider, Tic Tac superstar, takes the win in a fantastic watch. I will admit, did not see it all, but I did see the dancing after the finish line, and I was beyond stoked for a wonderful win. For the team sponsored by SVB Inc. <laughs> yeah. Um, before we get too deep into Paris-Roubaix, I'm gonna I'm gonna rein in your your energy level here. This is gonna be my first action on this podcast and try to change the direction just a little bit here. I was thinking about this all week and it was sort of bothering me. Um, and I wanted to bring it up on this podcast. Um, all right, let's do it. I think there's a rider that this podcast has been overlooking. Uh, for quite some time. Um, we just, uh, you know, we should have had our finger on the pulse and we didn't. And um, I, I, think we, uh, I think we need to collectively, like, um, really embrace this, this rider because I don't think anybody else is really doing it currently. Uh, it could be, a, 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 you know, one of those things that separates us from the rest of cycling media. So let me know how you guys feel about this. All right. <clears throat> Have you heard of Canadian cyclist uh, Allison Jackson? Yeah. Action Jackson on Briefly. Instagram, correct? Briefly, yeah. Yeah, amazing. Like, she's all over the TikTok. The The Gen Zs are all about her. Um, I think she's pretty good at bike racing. Seems to be. I feel like this could be a rising star that we need to keep our eye on. Solid find. We should, yeah. way, way to, we should hitch our way to star. really mind. Yeah. Way to mind the depths of the internet. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I will say in your defense, you did put in our Slack this mm-hmm. comment 14 hours ago. So it's not like you waited until the race happened <laughs> before oh, no. yeah, identifying. I've, weeks. I've been, wor- I've been tormented with this um, you know, knowledge, and I keep forgetting to bring it up on the podcast. I've mm-hmm. definitely had this result pegged for quite some time. 
So uh, as we all did, I'm sure, because the race played out exactly as Perubay always does, just how everyone expects. So formal, just as everyone expects. Everybody knew, and that, that's how it would go. Yeah. Awesome okay. to see a group of what, what was it? Group of five women came to the finish line, or I guess six came into the yeah. velodrome together. You would say it could, you could say it was six that came in and five that went to the finish line. Yeah, yeah I think that's fair. Is that the first time you guys remember seeing a crash in the velodrome on the track? On the I track? think so. I yeah. didn't. That yeah, that that race had so many. Yeah, so many amazing points. You that know what was, was most exciting about that? I mean, a crash on the velodrome is exciting in the final couple hundred meters of Peru Bay, regardless. But all the riders, perfect track etiquette, swung up track to go around the down rider. Yeah. No chaos, no That's carnage. True. Track rules apply. That was good to see. And they used the track well. Yeah. It is it one of the hard things about Peru Bay some years is you got a rider, you're rooting for him come in the velodrome and then you realize they've never been on a track before. Oh no. Never been on a velodrome. Oh no. Yeah. What are they doing on the apron? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's scary up there on the, on the, yeah, on the actual but, track. But yeah, those, those, all those riders knew what they were doing. They knew how to, how to, how to negotiate so, that problem. Yeah. Now the women's race was 145 kilometers on yeah. Saturday. It did not go over Arenberg because ASO deemed it, unsafe for female cyclists um yeah well their I mean, line their line is that it's too early in the women's race that i that's what they say though would I, make yeah, it a bad so, race i guess so it'd make it a bad race because yeah. okay it would explode it. way too early yeah i don't know so if they think is it would that actually rational i don't know if it's just that or they think it would be like a group like the whole peloton would come in together and that would cause total uh-huh. chaos you know what i mean like in the men's race, the race is pretty split up, or at least there's some groups by so the time they hit Armbrook. This year, I mean, it was very split up. I mean, we'll talk about, but yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think I think you could make the argument that uh, Armbrook is unsafe for anyone to so, ride a bike over. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know. I don't feel like the 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 women's race lacks like it did, this race. Obviously, this year lacked no drama without the armberg like it was an amazing race yeah and it had me so screaming at the screen the whole time basically so can you guys tell me why trek factory racing trek sega mm-hmm. fredo yeah who's won the first two editions yeah and sd works not there mm-hmm. what happened explain it to me like i'm a kindergartner <laughs> oh I'm so like, bad, bad so like bike racing normal <laughs> no they yeah not they made a mistake racing. Man, I don't know. Uh, you know, like they just that break just got a ton of time, and I, I folks were sleeping. No one wanted to do the work. It felt like for a while, and it's one of those things yeah. where it got out of hand. And then even toward the end, I think they just thought they had it under control, and they they underestimated that group of riders. It's kind of like at the most basic is they just underestimated them. Because how so, long how long was it at fifteen seconds? Like the last Mm -hmm. 10k at least or something and it was a long time that they had them in sight toward the underestimated that group up the road worse than silicon valley bank underestimated the market uh, (laughs) swings is this i mean can you imagine that you're you're the person who who made that sponsorship deal happen 
and mm-hmm. you got some good press out of it, but you didn't get yeah. huge press out of it. And now you just won the biggest race your team has ever won, and you're yeah. you're sitting at home, you're unemployed now. Yeah, and oh, certainly. Do you put that on your resume? Like, like oh, you, you highlight that, like, look, if the place I worked hadn't imploded for mm-hmm. reasons not involved with me because I'm the marketing person, like, I just got them some great press. Do you... Look, the Slow Ride podcast yeah. made fun of them. Made fun of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the person's probably sitting... If anybody knows who headed up the marketing department at SVB Bank, which there's probably a decent shot that we could find this person. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to know. I, like, honestly, I bet that the circle could be drawn pretty close based on our listenership. I mean, we are like the number 48 podcast in Portugal, so I'm assuming that there's probably... Uh, a few listeners out um, in uh, Silicon Valley that can tell us a little bit. Um, sure. So, quick question. Who has a better victory celebration? Allie Jackson or Tom Schkunes at Tour of California on his bike versus Allie Jackson's uh, after just winning the <laughs> the biggest <laughs> race on um, the women's calendar? Tour with, of California? With all due respect to Abby Mickey and her dancing uh, that she taught to Tom's, um, Allie Jackson uh, took this by far. Yeah, I'd I'd say because what about fifty percent of riders win Roubaix and then they fall over, they can't stand. Yeah. She yeah. took that sprint and then had it enough in the legs to do the moves. So right there, and the wherewithal, the mental fortitude to be like, That's okay, true. I got to do something awesome. That's true. <laughs> and crushed it. Yeah. The uh, I went I went. I went on her Instagram to see if she had like done a new post and there, there wasn't a new post yet. When I checked, it was like back to two days before the race, like a, a race recon. And of course, like dancing and just kind of you know, having fun with the teammates. And I was like, it was pretty cool to see a post of someone that is about to have a life changing experience <laughs> and not know it's coming. Yeah. Um, it was great. It was fantastic to see. Uh, I, I did. Uh, so I did really like the quote that she had after the race too. Did you guys see that about uh, being a dream bike race? Yeah. No. And how quote. how how you can dream of winning bike races, but it almost never happens. And how this was a dream that came true, and that's just how incredible that was. It was a very cool quote. I um, am not uh, word for word quoting it there, but so, uh, really cool sentiment. And one of those things that. Reminds you like, hey man, like even as amateurs, like you feel like you never win a bike race and then you're like, oh, look at these pros, they win everything. It's like, no, it's yeah. still really, 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 really hard to win a race. A lot of things got to go right. And uh, yeah, so that was a cool quote. We got an email from a friend of the pod, Colby Large. Keep Woods, don't you dare take Jackson. Boys, the first North American to win Paris-Roubaix is a Canadian. I'm not going to lie. I shed a couple of tears this morning. Extra special because I had the privilege and honor to meet and work with Allison last summer. She is truly a great human and so deserves this. Awesome. I'm likely biased, but this race was so exciting to watch. And at a time with solo, boring, predictable breaks, this truly was awesome. And remember, keep your hands off. She's ours. This message was sent from a mobile device, so please excuse me yelling at you guys for keeping Allie Jackson north of the border. <laughs> now, I, you know, kudos, thanks for the uh, shout out, but I will say this, in honor, in, 
in respect to this Canadian superstar that we that you guys watched live and I saw post race naturally mm-hmm. through social media that she had won. Mm-hmm. Um, I will take the honor and say that since episode 409, PFP has had the slow ride podcast championship belt. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I, uh, I am going to, uh, submit Allison Jackson for the slow ride podcast championship belt after a, resounding win a surprise win a, yeah. a, a win at paris roubaix for a north american from the 51st state of the united states i am sure that little guy is gonna agree with this uh because it's a, a pretty much a slam dunk but i gotta we gotta hold yeah. canada's feet over the fire a little bit i think we need something from canada for this uh woodsy on this podcast, we famously adopted Mr. VO2 Max, Michael Woods, um, from Canada over to the U.S. I feel like we can trade him back. Um, if we could trade him back and get uh, Allison Jackson as a an official North American American. Um, is, is that a no fair way trade? No After- deal right now. <laughs> well, well, I realize her stock has risen. Um, but I'm saying she gets slow ride podcast Did, belt. So who else do we, who else we have to throw in? They get back Michael Woods. They get back Mike. Yeah, that's not an even trade. Six, she just won Paris or Bay. Six. Well, they six. get back him and his VO2 max. Yeah. He just Ooh, got six okay. in uh GC at Cataluna. Again, I like Michael Woods. I'm saying like, if we're talking real life trade value here, uh-huh. like, you no. know, Normally in the NBA, you, you throw in value, some draft picks. You got to value the slow ride podcast belt. There's got to be someone else that we can ship north of the border. Yeah, this is I, one of those political maneuvers. I want to say somebody else because I'm looking okay. at Woods' results. Stellar uh-huh. but not, like good but not stellar so far this year. But he is riding Amstel. Like this is his meat of the season. Classic season is coming up next week. I don't want to punt Woods. And then he goes and wins Amstel next week, and we're coming back ah, to the table. Oh, yeah. We're groveling. This is a concern. I yeah. think I think we make some deals uh, for some some cross racers or something. Someone that people aren't thinking about, about right like, now. You know. What about uh, the entire National Cycling League, the NCL? Yeah, I trade. Oof! That. I mean, that's one of those ones you do to get off the books. Um, that's <laughs> that <laughs> may need to happen. Take that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, congratulations to Allison okay. Jackson for All right, both fine. winning I will, the Slow yeah, Ride will, podcast belt. Yeah, yeah, I will concede. Um, we will we will accept this as a slam dunk uh, nomination, Tim. And today was Paris Roubaix Holmes, the men's race, won by Matthew Vanderpool over Jasper Philipson, his teammate, and Wout Van Art, about forty six seconds back. The amount of hate, disgust. Anger towards the Alpha Alpician Dukarnik duo for being the the most elaborate take out the entire squad was amazing. Like to see the flip on Twitter of how Matthew Vanderpool has become people are trying to put hate on him. Everyone because he that's (laughs) hating on him for this. I don't think you understand bike racing. Like, so I'm sorry, so but like, far- but like, whatever. They didn't do anything wrong, and like, 
It's just bike. The biggest tragedy, of course, what we're talking about is John Degenkolb uh, crashing out. Everyone watching was disappointed to see that happen because I think that was everyone's second or first choice just to see Degenkolb after all he has been through. Mm -hmm. He famously won Milan San Remo and Paris Roubaix in the same year back in what, like 2015, 2016? 2015, yeah. And since then, he's had the, the training crash when he was run over by a truck and a driver of a truck that was not paying attention. And uh, it's come back. And here he was only to get taken out by Matthew Vanderpool. Ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Isn't it? It's pretty crazy to think about that group of riders and that the guy who'd won Milan San Remo and Roubaix, the only previous winner of Roubaix in that group of seven, was the yeah. biggest underdog in the group. Like, that's how yeah, stacked right? that move was. That you had, like, time, amazing time trialists, world champion time trialists. Multiple cross winner, you know, like uh, a road world champion, the best so what, sprinter in the world right now. So you would put Stefan Kung over uh, John Degenkolb there? I know you I, like French would, cycling, little guy. I would in, say in FDJ, but no, what I would say that like like you were saying, Degenkolb has had some lean years. And he was like, the sentimental favorite. Everyone no, wanted him to win that race. I'm not saying he was a sentimental favorite. I'm just saying that, like, in that group, Kung has been a guy who's been there the last yeah. two years in Roubaix, in Flanders. Kung, he's been Kung, up there, Kung, like, week after week. Not yeah, like, he's at his peak. Yeah, he's Degenkolb at his peak. is not at his peak. No one's going to argue that right? he's at his yeah. peak. And so, like, that's why I'm saying it was, like, it's crazy this guy is the biggest underdog. So Matthew Vanderpool looks doesn't even look over his shoulder, but just obviously sensed him. Maybe it was on the Garmin radar on his mount, but he saw Degen Cole coming up on his right. Obviously chopped his wheel on purpose. Um, uh, you know. Watch the tape. It's totally uh, a wheel chop. Uh, and then as he leaves that um, the cobble section, he then, uh, as my friend Graham put it, he hacked into the matrix and used the automatic inflation gauge that Wout Van Aert had on his uh, tires uh-huh. and um, blew the tire for what seemed to be a lot of flat tires for yeah. Yellow Lotto. Yeah. Lotto did get a lot of flat tires. Yeah, I mean, he, really, he really just did it all right there in that short span of time. It was a masterful plan. There's a lot of pieces to get aligned wait, that how, worked. We're not far off, right, from like the Bluetooth hacking into somebody's automatic valve uh, air pressure gauge, right? Like that's yeah. going to happen in our but lifetime. Like if, certainly. If, okay. But if that, if that's going to happen, then at this point, like all the times we've seen a rider being stuck in one gear, then we have to believe that like someone's in the team car sticking Rigo in the, in the 13, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Still yeah for signal. sure. Yeah. Right. I, I hope know. that this happens. Like they're going, so anyways, it was a, it was a, Good race. It was a great wasn't race. the best Paris Roubaix ever. No, but it was a good race. It wasn't the best one that I've ever seen. Oh, Little guy, no. you have complete recency bias. Every single year to you is like, <laughs> oh, it's the greatest Paris Roubaix of all time. This it's is like the first time it was a, this has ever been leveled was, was, Little guy, wow. Yeah. Little guy was, usually well, has an eighties bias. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, what I would say is, I like what I liked about this race was that uh, the 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 women's race on Saturday gave us the total like flip like none of the none of the folks you thought that were going to be there at the finish were there this race was basically like the riders all looked at the at the at the booking numbers and they were like let's Uh do that yeah and like like that group that group 
that was fighting it out for most of the race, like went super early and it was all the heavy hitters basically. And it was like, it, it was kind of by the numbers in a way, but then yeah, none of the way that it panned out really was how so, I thought it would go. Uh, Sep Van Mark takes 16th place, uh, sign of good things to come for Sep Van Mark. Um, for sure. I, two, two weird things I want to note on the, on the results. Oh. 11th okay. place, Johnny Vermeersh. 12th mm-hmm. place, Florian Vermeersh. I don't, I'm pretty sure they're not related. You know, they're on <laughs> different teams, but how often do two Vermeershes get to finish right next to each other on the velodrome in Roubaix? Probably I don't think that often. Yeah. I don't think that often. And, um, little known team, Sudal Quickstep. Uh, this is great for those guys, you know, because they're just like an up and coming team. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. Best finisher, uh, 23rd place. Uh, so I am pretty sure, like we talked about last week, there's going to be a fire sale over at, yeah. <laughs> over at is, that team. <laughs> certainly. Uh, this is the I, worst spring oof, season ever for... Man, I, again, do they have I feel a new, bad has anybody, for the riders, but like, I want Patrick to get all the pain he can get. So Has anybody checked to see if they have a new doctor? Like, I'm serious. Like, have yes. they, is there new... New employees. Let's go to like the Wayback Machine and see the the team staff last spring to the team staff this spring. Uh-huh. Um, no, I, is, I think uh, old old Patty Lefebvre is uh, just losing a touch. I think his tactics don't work anymore. I think he has not modernized uh, the game along with cycling. And cycling notoriously slow to modernize, um, but so he's slower than most. But I, see- guys, I I don't think that was the most tragic thing of this race. Like Quick Step's performance is pretty bad, but there was something worse. Was it the tubeless tire exploding on the Arenberg oh, yeah. from no, Homeboy in the break? That's that to be was not. Hey, you, Tim, that was not a tubeless tire. That was, or that was you're right. You're right. It was a tubeless. I'm I'm sleepy and my brain hurts. Never mind. You're right. All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Cool. It's weird that yes. I'm actually right on something. No, you're right. I was thinking you were bad mouthing tubulars. No, you're right. It no. was tubeless, and that's why tubeless makes no sense in this race. Tubular, yeah, would not have had that problem. No. Um, you'd have what, had what, a lot of other problems trying to get it set up so, and ready to go. But well, I mean, so Spencer, um, what what was your yeah. what, what was the real tragedy for you? Well, guys, it was it was done under the guise of of a positivity, um, a nice positive message, but. Did you see the special edition helmets from Team Yellow Lotto Jumbo yeah. Visma, who have not been sponsored by Lotto for years, but I still can't <laughs> stop calling them that? Uh, um, I did. It looked like Krang from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's uh, one way to, to look at it. I feel like they had a bit of a, how to say this, a scrotal look about them. Mm. Um, <laughs> it was uh-huh. an unfortunate uh, unfortunate. I'm I am glad that Wout Vinner did not win this race. Um, because I I didn't want to have to see that plastered all over the. He did get the he did have the Red Bull logo on his brain, so that's sure. what happened. Yeah, this is your brain on Red Bull. Look, I, I <sighs> it could have been done. So anything you know, would have been better. I'll, allow my bias to be spoken. But um, a company I work for, Endura, had last week or two weeks ago done like a similar uh, PR statement where they put CAT scans of helmets, of like CAT scan results on helmets. 
in relation to a brain charity in um, the UK. So it was a smaller PR, obviously uh-huh. not on one of the world's best cycling teams. The CAT scan look looked pretty cool to see like how helmets can protect the brain. This look was a little rough. It looked a little too cartoony. Um, until you said that, Spencer, I didn't. Ooh, I was not going that way. I was just. I was thinking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the whole time. Well, yeah. you know, you get you get a few of those guys with the the longer locks that are so popular. You know, the 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 Pagacha style um, tufts going on. It's a it's just a recipe for disaster. Uh, much like a lot of uh, the riders, Paris Roubaix um, were as well. It. Uh, I don't know what the charity was for. I don't know whether they were raising awareness for um, possibly testicular cancer. I'm not sure. I didn't look into it, um, but I think it could so have been of all the uh, better of all the helmet PR stunts over uh-huh. the years. This is easily the, the worst. The best though was also laser when they put like the 20 carat diamond oh, in yeah. in Tom Boonin's helmet. That was so. The full diamond in Tom Boonin's helmet was great. The, the diamond the way, has, helmet is I, is the best helmet promo that has happened, and only the second best diamond-related cycling uh, uh, promo to happen, just after PFP with the diamond tooth. Okay. Um, I haven't checked the news lately, but is Tom Boonin where where are we on the Tom Boonin temperature gauge? This week's Tom Boonin. Has he done anything dumb? Say anything stupid? Where where are we at? I, I haven't know. seen I've... anything specific. All right. Um, All right, just checking. I have seen uh, so, a pretty good article relating to Tom Boonin, talking about the Perru Bay, um, twenty sixteen so, when he lost to uh, Mehdi Heyman, um, and how that was the most incredible Perru Bay ever. I think yeah. that was probably true. Um, certainly on the men's side, this women's race may have knocked it over for all time though. Do you, yeah, it had similar vibes for sure. So, uh, uh, little guy, did you see, um, I know, I know I am a big fan for, and we're touching on it a little bit when we ta- started talking about the men's Paris Roubaix, then the need for enemies in cycling and villains. Oh, I know you Do are you, very strong about and that. I, yeah. This is why I, I, I'm happy Julian Alaphilippe exists, right? And then my question is, it seems like a lot of these, uh, you know, Wout fan stands, if you will, yeah, really want to hate Matthew Vanderpool for obvious reasons. He's a better racer. So the the question that I have is, is this going to stick? Is Matthew Vanderpool the new like enemy person non grata in professional cycling because? He can just win any race that he enters, except Grand wow. Tours. Like, like, where, where are we on the? I mean, people are blaming him for all types of things, and here he is winning. He could show up to mountain bike races. He can win. Yeah, it's tough. Where yet? I don't know. Yeah, maybe, but you know, we didn't even talk about. There's that photo of Philipson and and Vanderpool going over to console Degenkolb after the race. But, like, it's but not it very like they well went could over be. And, like, yeah, but it's it's a still photo. They could easily. I mean, I've seen generated AI photos. Oh, they could have the fingers out and like point at them, like they're laughing, like haha, you know, kind of like make in fun of him. Yeah, yeah, kind of like when uh, Cobra Kai uh, finds uh, young Daniel Larusso 
in the in the bathroom when he's dressed up as a shower um for Halloween in the karate kid uh-huh. and you know uh-huh. they really bully him i mean i do like this alternate reality where matthew vanderpool is the the bully on the playground uh huh uh huh yeah maybe i don't give me your lunch so. money nerd he's just, he's just been <laughs> bullying uh wow all these years get out of here old timer i don't know um a little guy last week i think it was that we were we were talking about um pogaccia and the five monuments and vanderpool and the five monuments and yeah. how uh, Pogue had gotten the um, the chaotic one out of the way. Um, but has has your opinion changed? Because uh, oh. Vanderpool took care of one that I didn't think he was going to be able to take care of as soon as he did. I, I, I'll have to check the tape, but I believe my opinion last week was Vanderpool's on some good form, and I think he's going to take care of this one. Okay. And then All right. we're going to be... Where, yeah, he's got he's got the hardest one, Milan Sanremo. This is probably the second hardest one, and I feel like he can win Liège and Lombardy. All he right. just has to All like right. focus get... on him a little bit. Oh. I think he can have. Yeah, but he's he can't really easy focus on Lombardy because you know? Lombardy he'd be too focused for cyclocross season. I don't think he needs uh, to focus. Yeah, I think who he wants can to go to these Italian classics? Yeah. I, I want to say something about the cross thing. Let's remember back to earlier in the year during Torino when and mm-hmm. and Strada where Vanderpool got 15th or something at Strada and then he got washed up yeah washed up that was the press oh no panic mode he's no good this year no he shouldn't good. have done cyclocross then he goes to Torino and he's leading out Philipson oh look at that leading out his teammate giving his teammate some wins boy that that didn't help out at any point did it and then, oh, lo and behold, after there's a week or so of press of he's not good this year, he doesn't have it, oh, he just goes and wins two monuments and podiums at another. Boy, that didn't work out. Just like for Wout, having uh, Christophe Laporte gifting him a win sure didn't help today when he was like, hey, Christophe, could you rip eight of the best riders in the world off the front of this race, 100-plus K out from yeah. the finish, and create yeah. the winning move literally 100-plus K out? And Christophe Laporte was like, yeah, no problem, buddy. You got my back, I got yours. Boy, it's almost like the cycling press is stupid. It is pretty. <laughs> what do you guys think? It is pretty impressive. I, I think you might be it onto is, something. <laughs> it is pretty impressive that we are exactly one month ago today. People were like, Vanderpool is washed. He has yeah. no, like, like, oh. like, oh, he, you know, he's never going to recover from the back injury. Oh, yeah. Strada Bianchi, he got like 15th. Did you too know, much got in like the cross a, season, you guys. You can't, get, you can't do cross with road it doesn't work and we've seen that he, year after year after year after yeah. year as wout Hidcock, and vanderpool completely disprove it over and he over and over and over again <laughs> he didn't come close to winning torino no yeah and then since then boy schnedel priest was like obviously his bad race but milan san remo first that was three, a training second. Ride, yeah. that, Flanders, he was literally second. there leading out, <laughs> taking a huge pull for Philipson yeah. in the last 2K. Man, I don't, yeah. just, I don't so, know, man. It doesn't make any I sense. I, I mean, at some yeah. point here, you know, we, we've done a little bit of a disservice just to remind everybody, because I was looking at the... Um, we, do, we do need to keep up on the belt a little bit more. Um, it's a dual belt right now. Tristan and... Uh, the, the the two gentlemen that rode uh, a gravel race in Nebraska that we oh, forgot about on a tandem, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but 
Matthew Vanderpool crushed it. The Americans obviously have had a wonderful, um, great efforts. Nelson Palace. Um, Allison Jackson. Allison Jackson. That's right. Uh, it's been an overall a great uh, spring campaign, and I think next week is Amstel, right, little guy? Yeah, it's Amstel. I don't know. I think I think he's doing it. I don't know. I think he doesn't care anymore. <laughs> if he is doing it, like he's, you know, like I said, two monuments and one podium. You can't do much better than that. I mean, this is the yeah. I mean, it's what a time to be alive. It's really good. It's 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 such fantastic to see. Congratulations to Matthew Vanderpool as he goes into Amstel. And then into the Ardanes with the Flesh Wallone uh, on oh, next Wednesday, a week from this Wednesday, and then obviously um, Liege, <sighs> Bastogne, Liege, and through in two weeks. Guys, I feel like it was a week ago we were talking about could Vanderpool win all five monuments? And this week I'm like, I feel like he's batting <laughs> under his weight if he doesn't win all five in the same season. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the real. Like, oh, so, he, missed, he missed Flanders. Well, this season's out the window. So what's the hard one left between Liège and... It's got to be Liège, right? Just because longer. They're all easy. All the ones that are left are easy. No. Aside from the Japan Cup. I think Liège will be harder. Just because I think there's more... There's always more guys on form <laughs> gunning for it than there are for Lombardy. Yeah. Lombardy well, can be a little like... Yeah, like you guys say. It is at the end of the season. You might have... Four or five heavy hitters, but then you might have some, yeah, you know, not as not all the guys. Some guys shut the season down, you know. So yeah. Well, yeah. congratulations to Allison Jackson and Matthew Vanderpool for bringing us a wonderful women's and men's Paris Roubaix. Let's get into this week's prem lap. I'm Heinrich Hausler, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Broadcast. All right, guys, here we are in the Prim Lap once again. Let's give a major shout-out to all listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head over to WideAnglePodium.com, where you can find out more about the bevy of shows on the network, including Grodio, good friend and of the network, Amanda Nauman, continues to slay it with interviews up and down the gravel seen great to see and great to hear yeah and uh astute listeners may have heard rob kelly from criterium nation on this very podcast a few weeks back uh telling us all about the ncl which just went off without a hitch uh yesterday uh so i'm excited to hear the reviews of that because if I'm being honest, yeah. I didn't think the race was going to happen, so I'm I'm looking forward to I'm hearing ha- the the inside scoops. I'm happy the race happened. Um, I did see a tweet from them that it was the biggest race in cycling history with twenty thousand fans. Which, no way, that's bigger than anything that's ever happened at like Athens Twilight. Guaranteed, that's an easy win if you if you're even getting it down to criteriums. And based off what I see at Tulsa Tough. Some of those races get a lot of people too. Maybe they're counting people that wanted to watch bike racing, not just drunk frat boys. Like maybe somehow they, oh, don't, they okay. don't count them at yeah. I don't know. Maybe they're counting but the people in the hotels. It was interesting. I saw, well, well, we'll let Rob tell us all about it and maybe we'll talk about it later on this podcast. But um, I'm glad that it happened. It looked interesting. I'm sure <laughs> there's a lot to improve going forward. 
but that's the kind of stuff you can get the inside details on uh, from the shows on the Wide Angle Podium Network. Uh, we've got pretty much coverage of anything you want to be interested in, whether it's you know Zwift or e-racing or gravel or cyclocross or mountain bikes or whatever we talk about on this show. Um, and uh, if you want to support the shows uh, and help keep making that happen, head over to WideAnglePodium.com and become a supporter. It's pretty easy. Let's get back to the show. I'm Lottie Kopecki, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, guys, here we are before we open up the Slow Ride Podcast mailbag. Let's get some reviews. It's been a little while since we ventured into the world of Apple Podcasts. Oh. Rate and subscribe. Do whatever you need to do. Leave us a review. Five stars, five stars, five stars. And this week we got weekly favorite from Richmond. Well, it says RV Daddy 27. <laughs> Could be best pot, Best podcast in the wide angle podium. Well, thank Could you. That's a Jayco fan, nice. you know? Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, got another one. The 16th place of podcasts, five stars. If you're a listener with an eye towards the elusive predictor of an impending top place podium finish, you found your new favorite podcast. Smash that subscribe button knowing you'll never miss a hilarious nosedive into the wonderful world of bike racing. And that one comes to us from Brett Moss. So thank you, Brett. Um, yeah. also in, uh, yeah, so, so good news throughout. So I'd like to thank all, um, the folks, uh, leaving us some reviews. Mm-hmm. Let's get into the inbox. Uh, Ian Kendi, Roubaix. Good evening, slow riders with so many great storylines coming out of Roubaix. It's hard to say what is this weekend's biggest takeaway. Matthew Vanderpool riding with reckless abandon, overcooking <laughs> turns, attack, attacking left and right. And the Degenkolb nudge, and still avoiding calamity. Wout outriding everything but his curse. SD Works and Trek (laughs) women team letting the race get away while taking in the scenery? Pogacar fans finding some way to remind us that these results prove that he's the greatest living cyclist and we should always and only root for him. This weekend also (laughs) featured former greats Peter Sagan and Tiger Woods looking so rough I can't even joke about it. But for me, the weekend's biggest story is Allison Jackson and statement she made not only winning, but by being the only rider in the break wearing knee and arm warmers. That's right. The cycling accessories that are so often mocked by members of this podcasting panel may have been deciding factors in one of the most exciting bike races we've seen this year. I hope you'll see these results for what they are. Vindication for arm and knee warmers and an opportunity to stop with your senseless derision <laughs> and right your past wrongs. Sincerely, a fan of knee and arm warmers who is always comfortable on rides, even those that start on chilly mornings and end in midday warmth. And holy crap, I just wow. saw AJ's podium bucket hat, a true fashion legend. Yes. So there's a lot here. Um, this one comes to us from Ian. Uh, Ian, I don't know if you listen to the podcast, but I am a huge fan of knee warmers. It is the official accessory of myself, and I would venture it should. They do deserve a, a Slow Ride Podcast Championship belt. Any ride that's below sixty degrees Fahrenheit, I wear knee warmers at rollout. You're insane. That's, that's crazy. That's it. So I, you know what, Ian, slow the roll. 
You know, you're acting a little bit like Dagan Colt. <laughs> Blaming Matthew Vanderpool yeah, here. Why don't you put him in reality. the curb? <laughs> I don't even think it's Dagan Colt. This is the... <laughs> Uh, you know, I love this email because I mean, it basically covers everything that I wanted to talk about in the show, but also reminded me of a few things. Number one, the bucket hat. Uh, I think we can claim that, actually. A uh, little guy many, 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 many years ago on this very podcast started the trend of bringing a bucket onto the podium mm-hmm. with him because it was all he had with him. Yeah. Uh, that was not a podium Classic. bike. Yep. So Bucket has evolved into Bucket Hat, yeah. a win in the slow ride column, I'd say. Yeah, that's a clear, a cl- you can clearly see the the family tree on but, that Yeah, it's, the connection is plain as day. Um, but the bigger issue, actually, that this reminded me of that I wanted to bring up and to make sure I got onto this podcast this week, we've been having this debate about long finger gloves on this podcast for what seems like months at this point. <laughs> yeah. So many opinions about gloves and what, and oh, I need the long fingers in a crit because what if I crash and hurt my fingers? I don't know what it, I, I haven't paid attention. I think that's the argument. Yeah. Did you guys see the winner of the men's Paris-Roubaix, Matthew Vanderpool, gloveless. Gloveless, yeah. yeah. Gloveless. Yeah. Cold weather, cobblestones that'll probably tear your hands off if you crash on them yeah just left with little stumps no fear it, okay. no gloves we don't his, need them his skin no at this point is like this they, his, the his debate skin. shouldn't be long finger or short finger the debate should be just why are you wearing gloves no, that's true yeah well we're not all matthew vanderpool but um his hands at this point are like leather so he's okay that's he's, how he's got the hands how, of an angel. That's how Wout can know his touch. <laughs> Glasgow, Glasgow, twenty twenty three. This email comes us from Danny. Dear Slow Ride Podcast, as is traditional, I'll introduce myself in the tried and true manner. Long time listener, first time writer. Having listened to your previous pods discussing coming to Glasgow for the twenty twenty three Super World Champs. I would like to suggest an event also happening in Scotland in August 2023, also involving two wheels. This, oh. of course, is the Cycle Speedway Scottish Open. So oh might God. I suggest that if you come, do come to Glasgow, you might also want to take the short drive along the M876 on the 5th of August to the wonderful kingdom, that is correct, actually officially a kingdom, of Fife, to witness... Probably the most exciting and spectator-friendly cycle sport on the planet. And the best news is that I don't think there are any names of places and people that you can butcher, thereby helping your report from the scene appearing more professional than usual. And who knows, maybe lead to that big payday and a job with GCN. Anyway, love the show. Keep up the good work. Hope to see you in Dunfermline in the summer. Yours in cycling, Danny. Care of the Fife Cycle Speedway of Dunfermline, Fife, Scotland. Okay. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, maybe TikTok. Check it out. Um, this does check out because uh, Danny is emailing us from an AOL account. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I checks out for uh, what I know no. about Cycle Speedway. Um, Guys, if we go to Scotland. Yes. We Would should probably be, make plants at some well, point. We should probably look uh-huh. into that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Would it be more on brand for this, the Slow Ride podcast 
to travel to where the world is gathering to to watch <laughs> cycling and just go down the road a little ways to some weirder, more off-brand cycling event that's, let's face it, probably going to be more exciting and more awesome and more obtainable uh, than everything else that's going on and less sponsored, I'm sure. So, so yeah, it's a good yes. Point. Now, I'm looking it up. Dunfermaline. I'm sure I'm just crushing this name. Yeah, you can't not pronounce these right. He said so. Is right that, in the email. It's little guy. It's across the fourth bridge from Edinburgh. Like the, the world famous fourth bridge, the big steel contraption. Yeah. Um, it's a quick train ride. We can go up that way. All right. I have, uh, I believe, secured us lodging. So we got to make this work. Cycle Speedway is all the rage, um, from what I hear when I go online to a very uh-huh. small subsection of the world. Uh-huh. Uh, looks like fun. Looks the incredible. real question looks is, really fun. Yeah. Is, yeah. is the attendance at the Scottish Open going to be just crushed by the Glasgow World Championships? Um, or is this like, you know, all the BMX kids going to be there? You know, like, what's the... We should do it. We Tell you what, it. I'd be interested if we could go, but if we could get VIP passes and if we could be honorary, <laughs> honorary starters of, the, of a race. A- Da- Danny, here's the deal. Starters. Danny, a bold expectation that they would have VIP status for at all. Well, okay, maybe they don't have VIP status. They That'd can be make great. one. They can make one. For they can us. make one. You know, we, but I think we should at least get press passes. I'm sure they can laminate something for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ma- nice. maybe an honorary. We get we get to press the button to to raise the start gate. It's like a. I, they have a gate. Hello, my name they have is a gate. The, the track is so short. Is if you had a gate, you might not get it out no, of the I, way before the folks come. Doesn't, this, doesn't the gate go up straight up? I don't know. Isn't that the whole point? It goes straight up. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're like horses? Like a horsey gate? Look, have you ever watched Cycle Speedway on YouTube? You better start watching. You, they're going to yeah. be taking your money. They're going to be like, oh, uh, yeah. Like you go to Ladbrokes and you could put some, you could put a fiver of faith on number three. Uh-huh. You better, better know. You better learn the rules, my man. I don't know the rules. I have watched I it, think but it's, I don't remember it. Yeah. It's probably better to go in not knowing the rules, I think. Just don't be beginner's luck, you think's my best chance? Certainly. Yeah. Well, Danny, thank you so much for that um, impassioned invite. We need more of that. Yeah. Um, well, I'll have to look. Cause I, I think we might be staying oh, closer to Falkirk, near the Falkirk Wheel, little guy, the world-famous Falkirk Wheel. Check that one up on the internet. Everybody should... It's a okay. feat of I'll, modern engineering. I'll Google um, that. Andy P hits us up. Bike advice for a dad. Oh. Team Slow Ride Pod, I'm in need of some bike advice. Having recently had my road bike stolen, I'm in the market for some new wheels. However, before Tim suggests some moots, this isn't like a like this isn't a like for like replacement. My bike needs have changed somewhat with the arrival of my son. Let's call him Little Wiggo. Ah. Yeah, you can hate on Wiggins here, but he's kind of a legend in UK corner, and the stale cigarettes look make him look only cooler. So I need some advice from Biking Fathers <laughs> and Spencer, the king of convenience. My requirements. I'll mostly be using the bike to get around town, London, and drop Little Wiggo, Wiggo at nursery, which is a 15-minute <laughs> ride. 
He's one years old, so please bear in mind for seating options. I'm planning to use the bike all year round on the nursery run, so comfort and durability are important there too. We also need to get over a hill, so I'm down to go electric. My budget is around 2,000 pounds tops, so $1,500. Happy to spend a bit more than my cheap ass usually would, as it will be my main bike, but don't think I can stretch it to a $9,000 model that sat on the shop floor. So what are, that was a throwback. Uh, So what are the best options? Right now I'm weighing up a cargo bike setup and a sturdy touring style bike and seat combo versus an electric town bike and seat. Do your thing. I also had a good Wigo email for next week. Ran into him uh, (laughs) on a night out a few weeks ago. All right, Andy, can't wait to get the, the Wigo email. Just, I want to know where, where was he in London was the first thing I want to know. Like where, where's he hanging out? Is he at the alley pally? Doing should, going to a darts tournament? We should, I think we that's should, like a Wiggins thing now. Yeah, we should clarify too. Um, despite our our collective, uh, you know, plus or minuses for Wigo, I think everyone's a fan of Little Wigo. Yeah, on, it's a great name. This show, yeah, yeah. So I can go first. I'm a okay. I'm a big fan of these uh, long tail cargo bikes that are starting to uh, take over. So the Surly Big Easy um, would be the classic, and then the other ones are I think it's the Trek Fetch Two that just came out, kind of a long tail because the kid can uh, ride it like a uh, um, like a horse behind you. You can also strap the uh, the car seat in on the rack, um, pretty pretty nice and secure, uh, uh, so it can grow with the child e-bike and you can also carry a lot of stuff with it um it's perfect size and i found like these e-bikes they're actually a lot safer because it allows you to move much faster with the speed of traffic so you kind of you know you're not as blocking for the close pass inviting the close pass if you will mm. from unruly um, i think you're gonna people. blow the budget though with that one Tim. Yeah. no so it, it, the budget was two thousand pounds which is probably like three thousand dollars oh so okay. I think you're yeah, gonna that's, blow the budget with this. One. Yeah, the fetch two is like six grand. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I all right. Guys, uh, I'm all ooh. about the the front the front loading cargo. So the, the I don't fr- know yeah. which one's gonna work in that price range. Like I said to you, Tim, I think the Omniums are pretty sweet, though they're a little. They're not. They won't last you as long as the kid gets older. I also disagree with you, Tim. I think you should. I understand people don't want the close passes, but uh, screw those cars. Make them wait. Uh, yeah, I don't. No, I yeah. agree with that. Like, still take the whole lane. I'm just saying that, like, when you're moving on an e-bike, I think it's I think it's safer because you're moving faster. So, like, the cars are going to be less inclined to try to sneak by yeah, you. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But but here's my argument, and this is this is like way in the weeds. But like, everyone's just going too fast. E-bikes are going too fast. Cars are going too uh, fast. Everyone should just slow certainly. down. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. Uh, he's not, he's I, not, I see Tim melting over there. But I know, he's, he's I know not everyone's wrong. in a hurry, but like at the same time, yeah. the roads are just stupid dangerous. And like, uh, I, I don't if, feel if like bikes should be forced to keep up with the cars. The cars should be forced to slow the f down. And yes, and, I think and you're putting I, words I in my agree. mouth. No, I'm not putting words in you. I know you're. I know you agree with me. I'm just saying, like the way the way you said it. I I know you agree with you, me. I, I also know that you're getting those huge checks from the e-bike 
lobbying uh-huh. council every month. I know you have to say this, so it's so, you know. I I need to investigate. The I thought the Trek Fetch Two was going to be a lot cheaper. So yeah, apologies. So, so that yeah. would that would come in at about four thousand pounds, Andy. So definitely don't want to do that. The other thing that you could do is just do the classic mountain bike with the front loader because um, well, like I a think I think seat. the solution here is a non electrified version of that um, long tail uh, style bike that you're that you're talking about because you know you strap the one years old is pretty young at this point still uh, they're not going to be riding on the back like a horse um, but, <laughs> no, they, but will they, in, <laughs> they will in a couple years time you know they're, they're going to grow up quick um, so I think something that you can attach that uh, that seat on the front or over the over the top okay. tube um, to go at the beginning. Now I'm not a father, so I may be putting people in danger. Uh, <laughs> don't always listen to me. Um, yeah. But I think budget wise, yeah, you're going to have to make do with a, a non-electrified bike, but don't worry. Yeah. It's not your last bike. I can no, guarantee you that much. I, I just looked it up. The uh, You can get the Omniums for around 3,000 euros. Okay. So I think yeah, so that was about twenty two hundred. Like you were saying, pounds? Spencer, yeah. the, if you want the e version, it's five thousand euros. So yeah, uh, but so you get the you get the non electrified one. To uh, that'd be a little stretch on the budget, but it could work. Yeah, yeah. yeah you you prove the rule with that, and then you can justify to yourself getting the electrified version later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay, this next email comes to us from Andrew. While on my trainer, I had to hold back the tears. No. Dear Slow Ride Podcast, riding a trainer and laughing to the point of tears of joy is not something I expect. Tim's lead to Little Guy's story at the co-op had me laughing so hard. <laughs> I love how on point all of those stereotypes are and how I fit some of them. Vegan tattoo. Thank you for making me sitting on a trainer not too boring. Well, That's thank you. Fantastic. Yeah, I always, I also have tears usually when I'm on the trainer, but uh, not the same kind. So I, I could just see throw it, just throwing be. down the watts. Sadness watts, yeah. Yeah. That was a, that I, uh, was a an all time classic segment, Tim. You were, I was, you were on fire at that <laughs> that moment. Yeah, I, I just, <laughs> I did, uh, I couldn't go to bed after that. Because uh, I, I was wallowing, <laughs> I was wallowing in sadness as I was trying to see like where the l- closest co-op was to me oh, sure. yeah. <laughs> in all of Central Florida. Um, there's not one in Orlando. There's like some like good good like nature, like natural food stores. Like there's a really good one up in Gainesville that we used to go to all the time. But uh, yeah, not a uh, not not a co-op. So, so look, if you could take one of those 20 co-ops up there in Minneapolis and just ship it down here, it'd be great. Yeah. Okay. Lot of, lot I'll, uh, I'll find one and send you one. I will say when I was in, I visited you in Gainesville once, uh, as a guy from Minnesota, the citrus selection at the little local shop you took me to like a couple blocks from your house blew my mind, just blew yeah. my mind. So, and you were just like, oh, we're walking past. This is boring. Who cares? So the citrus industry here is going through some massive changes, right? Because of the greening. So like they're just like losing. So all the, or all the groves now are like just 
n- not producing as many uh, you know ripe oranges. But anyways, I digress. But little guy, thanks for being a good sport um, uh, at the co-op. I want you to think of me the next time you're standing in that line. I will. Mm-hmm. I definitely will. And the computer's not working. <clears throat> it's a punch card system. Uh, I want you to think about when you're standing in that line going, do I put my hours in this week? Yep. Uh, I wish it was a worker co-op. I don't, I don't uh, go to one in your old neighborhood. You know, I did I did actually kind of have this weird dream, little guy, uh, going into Paris-Roubaix is kind of a non-sequitur, but um, that... We, like the three of us went to Paris Roubaix together uh. and it, it was Rafe's day. So we'd meet down in the lobby and Spencer and I, you know, look like Spencer and I, but then little guy comes down, just, you know, got the great mud boots on uh. ready to go. Uh-huh. But his accoutrement was a set of wheels, tubular wheels to hold up on the side of a, of uh-huh. a section of pave uh-huh. so that his moment to shine could when, come when, and when somebody's tubeless uh wheel yeah, setup exploded uh, and, yeah and you and i looked at each other and asked him who's riding seven speed <laughs> yeah. yeah and i got to thinking if a rider is going down the section where a little guy is standing on the side of the road with his wheels holding them up in there like i've got you if you've got a flat Mm-hmm. And the flat happens. Mm-hmm. Little guy runs over there, puts the rim brake wheel in yeah. the disc brake How do I setup. Do I don't know. <laughs> You'll figure it out. <laughs> but when you show up there, how angry is the rider going to be at you? Because you're trying to help, but then yeah, you show up with of. technology from the 1980s. So what's like that interaction? Was what, And then I woke up. And I had yeah, to go that, to the bathroom. It could be dicey. You know, emotions are high. Uh, yeah. Like, like, are they going to get mad at you? And you're like trying to like, and then you're on camera and like, you know, you're like scratching your head going like, well, I can't figure this one out. This worked for <laughs> 20 years. What's this? It be a lot of at it. What's, uh, uh, what's funny about that is, is, you know, that you'd think the chain compatibility would be an issue, right? With the 11 would. and 12 speed cassettes yeah. and our chains these days and the seven speed cassette. But I think if you just threw it on the biggest cog there uh, on that seven speed, it would probably turn over. You probably couldn't shift, but it could be a single speed. And you might think, oh, you'd be spinning out. You'd never catch the pack. But that's, knowing little guy, that's going to be a straight block uh, from 11 to 21 on that seven speed. And uh, a 21 would probably do you pretty good. Um, and then it's not on over those cobbles. It's not like little guy wouldn't give a good push. I mean, did you oh. see the f- the push that Wout Van Art got today? Like it was right at it was the lamest push of all time from his like team director or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, this guy's like one of six people in the breakaway. He's got a flat tire. It was the first flat he had. The first one. and just this lame push. It's like what happened? Don't don't they practice these things? F one, they practice so? like how to eat. Well, after the, the DQ debacle with the derailleur adjustment, they're probably very sensitive about, uh, you know, what sort of assistance they're giving, Tim. Well, I was going to give the, whoever changed his flat, uh, that last flat, did a good job. I mean, obviously he put in a huge chase to make it back to the group, but that was a, that was a quick change. 
And that was just yeah. a guy on the side of the road with a wheel. It wasn't the team car. They didn't give him a bike. I'm pretty sure that was just a wheel. So that could have been a, you, little guy. It could have been could've you. could have been me. That's impressive. Uh, this reminded me of one other thing. No, actually, two other things. I'll say oh. one is that I bought a cassette like a couple of weeks ago out of the used bin at a local shop. And I just uh-huh. looked at it the other day in the basement. They don't have those really, in the new bin? I, I don't know. I've never done that. Um, okay. I realize it's 11 speed. So if anyone needs an 11 speed cassette. What were you looking for? Well, 10 max. I don't have anything that can go to 11. That's frightening. Um, so I don't know what I'm going to do with it. So anyone, if anyone needs an 11 speed, hit me up. I got an 11 speed stream cassette. Yeah, I think um, there's a few people. Yeah. Yeah. So if you can, I'm not shipping it. So you got to come and get it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. the other thing was that, uh, I remembered Sonny Kant, uh, got, sliced with a disc rotor yeah yeah, yeah. and uh had to have some uh some sort of plastic surgery or something i don't know more than that other than i hope just want to say i hope she's all right and that i had just the other day been thinking like man that whole uh riders worrying about disc rotor panic of initial jump to discs um went away and then this happened so i hope my thoughts well. weren't yeah. To that, yeah. but uh, anyway, I hope I hope she's okay. And well, big her. disc has been doing a lot to keep those stories. Um, yeah, keep suppressed. them keep yeah. suppressed. suppressed for sure, for sure. Klein fever. This email comes to us from Matt. Dear slow riders. By the way, he spelled deer D E E R. I like it. Perfect. This is already Perfect. off to a great start. I've been considering applying to be Tim's pinch podcaster. I've noticed that his dedication to the podcast seems to be wavering as he misses more and more episodes. Mm-hmm. I figure I would be perfect. I, too, am a super rookie. I won my second poorly attending Cat 5 race in, two, in 2013 and have yet to finish a race in the Peloton since. I can be snarky. <laughs> I get all my racing news by following Chris Horner's YouTube channel, and I can't oh. pronounce names at all. But when he recently went on a 15-minute co-op Jokapalooza, I realize I just don't have what it takes. He's irreplaceable. (laughs) Since becoming a regular listener a year ago, I have been slowly developing a case of Klein fever. In 1995, when I was 15 years old, I looked on at wonder at these incredible machines while astride my hand-me-down Raleigh Technium. Mm. Since I live close to St. Louis, as soon as I heard about the Klein guy, I knew my childhood dreams could be fulfilled. I have now exchanged several messages with who has to be the most knowledgeable Klein quantum fanatic that exists. But negotiations are breaking down. (laughs) He won't give me a price, and I won't make an offer until I know his price. Can you imagine the glory when I rock up? At a Jane on a jade green quantum race made in Wisconsin. What should I do? And what's your problem with St. Louis? Thanks for a great <laughs> podcast, Matt. Thank you so much for the email. Yeah, thanks. Mm-hmm. Man. What is our problem with St. Louis? We're already over an hour, and we can't keep this thing going for another two. But what I can tell you, we can summarize pretty we, quickly. We can Little help. Guy has some random problem with St. Louis that I don't know what it is, and Tim has glopped onto it, and somehow I've become involved, and I don't, I'm I, trying to be immune to this. I just spent uh, too much time there in like January because I had family there for a long time, and I just had to keep going back and like, the, yeah. really the ugliest time of the year, and everything was always closed, yeah. and I couldn't find a good vegan restaurant. It just made me. But grumpy. They do. They it's do. A lack if of you want to hear 
positive news about St. Louis uh, from this podcast. Go ahead and tune in to uh, uh, our annual rewatch. Yes, exactly. Our rewatch on the 4th of July of uh, American Flyers. The Sunday stroll. I know we're going long, but I want to tell one funny story I may not have told about St. Louis before. And this goes to the co-op jokes from last week, is that I one time was visiting my father-in-law in St. Louis, and we went to a grocery store, just, I don't know, like a hy or something. Couldn't find anything because we're rabbit-eating hippies from, from the North Woods. And eventually we bought a bag of oranges and some pitas and hummus. We brought them up to the register, and we're check- getting checked out, and the guy goes... Not from around here, are you? <laughs> <laughs> so that's it's just we're, me at and St. Louis. St. Louis we're on now, different we're in different tracks. That's all. Now St. Louis does have a cool children's museum type thing. You've yeah, talked about museum. many times. It's amazing. Um, and they also have this gentleman selling, quote unquote, selling Klein Quantums. Let's be honest, he ain't selling these things. He's, He's trying selling. to show them off. He now knows that we're talking about it on this podcast. Matt, here's the advice for you. You need to come in with a number. Negotiation 101. And you need to open extreme. Like 400 bucks for a frame. Just get it out there. See the response back. And then that gauges where you're at. We can help you out here. I'd say I'd start with like 400 and do it on one that you don't want. Or that like your second favorite one, not the jade green one. The jade green one, that's the goal. But you don't want to bid on that one first because then he's going to think that's the one you want. You yeah, want the throwaway. When this he is... comes back with 800 or something, you say, 800 for that one? Oof. Max I can do is like 650 For the but, jade green but one. But for the yeah. green one, you know? like. And yeah. then, uh, yeah, I think, I think the, it'd be all right. Like this is now... None of us thought that he that this seller, assuming um, we'll, we'll use the male pronouns here, that he is the most knowledgeable Klein quantum fanatic. Like that was definitely the case because there's nine Klein quantums for sale in this collection, all ranging at about the same size. So um, yeah, you're gonna have to open low, go 400, get the response back, and then pivot to the jade green quantum yeah. race the 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 fine line that needs to be walked is opening low but not too low because if you go yeah. too low he's not going to respond he's going to be insulted and he's not going to respond so so to so check check what the client quantum uh dex is on yeah. ebay for what the last time so it'd be tactical yeah yeah and then go 10 percent below or 10 to 15 percent below what the most yep. recent um, yep. sale was i that's think that's I the ticket uh so so matt there luck. you go Follow and up with us. Let us know how it goes. Yeah, just th- that clearly, Matt, that's what we're here for. We're here to help um, St. Louis solve their problems. Um, and we got uh, <laughs> one more email. Uh, this one goes to Little Guy. Hey, Matt, there's nothing like putting on comfortable clothing, grabbing your gear bag, and heading out into the beautiful outdoors to enjoy your recreations. But nothing can throw you off your game like a rumbling stomach. Instead of packing sugar-filled and nutrient-lacking foods, outdoor enthusiasts can pack tuna in their bags for a healthy, filling snack. That's right, Matt. Our tuna company is the only brand to test every tuna for mercury, and the tuna is a lean source of protein and offers essential amino acids and B vitamins. Okay. Would you be interested in learning more and how you could be an ambassador for tuna 
during your outdoor recreations? Let us know. Little guy, you are on the public relations list. Wow. And it is direct to you. Do you want a tuna subscription? I do not. We've done it. I know. Boys, we've done it. We finally cracked into the affiliate marketing. Made it. This is like Uh, we've gotten, I feel like, some other things too that I'm just like, Oh, I don't want no, to. No, this is this is huge. Me. This is huge. We're finally into big tuna. Little guy, I know you've been vegetarian for I don't know, thirty <laughs> years. You're gonna have to give it up. We need it yeah. for the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, we need that we need that big tuna money. Boys, no, I, we've you made guys it. You want me to rant about <laughs> Well, gentlemen, it has been yet another wonderful podcast. Before you knew it, and you may not have known this, but it was a point of lap race and I took the win. Oh, and for this week for the the Orlando Octogenarians, a little known NCL uh, bike racing team, um, and we'd like to thank all of the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head over to wideanglepodium.com to find out about the bevy of shows. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod, and as always, email us at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com where we can give you. Much needed advice. And with that, this is Tim in Orlando. This is Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer out in Western Massachusetts reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com And on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. an elegance to bike racing. For all its technology and engineering, it's a simple question of physics. How do you move a body through space as quickly and efficiently as possible? When the rider and the machine work as one, it's almost as if the solid world has melted away and all that remains is the spirit, the pure, raw, and unfiltered soul of sport. Life is measured in many units, miles, kilometers, kilos, and pounds, but we measure it one corner at a time. We've entered the golden age of crit racing, the most exciting spectator event in sport, where all of human drama plays out before us on our city streets. On this show, we bring you the news of the day and take you inside the personalities of the teams and riders and right up to the gates of the premier events in the world. Welcome to Criterium Nation.